This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Going to go over the next set of games for Week 15. I went over the first eight in yesterday's episode, on Thursday's episode. That, that was Part 1. Uh, this is going to be Part 2. I'm going to go over every fantasy-relevant player going into Week 15. Um, and, and geez, this COVID list for this week is crazy. And, of course, it had to happen the first week of the of the fantasy playoffs. Of course. Um like, you know, it, it, it's to the point where if you're in between someone who's starting on Saturday, well, unless they're on the Browns, uh, you know, or someone who's starting on Sunday or Monday, you know, you kind of just want to use the guy, you know, who's going earlier as the tiebreaker so it doesn't give time for that guy to be tested for <laughs> for COVID, right? Like, you know, it's gotten to that point where like all the guys I have starting on Monday night, I'm nervous now, right? Because it's... It's a long time from Friday. You know, anything can happen. So, you know, grab those handcuffs, grab those backups. You just never know what's going to happen. But anyway, let's get let's get started. Let's go into the next eight matchups. We're going to start with the Texans at the Jaguars. Uh, so, you know, Urban Meyer, he's been fired. Apparently, it was Urban Meyer who told uh, Bernard Parmalee, who, who, who's the running backs coach, to bench James Robinson after the fumble in week 13. Now, last week, Robinson's snaps did go up, and Carlos Hyde's went down. So, it was already progressing. He just needs the touches now. Uh, Dow Bevel, you know, is now the interim head coach. He loves to run the ball. You know, you look at his days in Seattle. Um, in a good matchup at home, I think J-Rob can finally be started, you know, with a bit of confidence. Um, something we haven't had for weeks now, and I think he is going to be their three-down guy. So, I'm, I'm okay starting him as a solid RB2 this week. Now, maybe the other Jaguars wide receivers start playing better, but we'll see what happens. This is a good matchup if you wanted to fire up any of the uh, other other guys like Marvin Jones, you know, Treadwell, <laughs> LaVisca maybe, but Treadwell and Marvin have good matchups if you're desperate. Uh, flex options at best. Rex Burkhead is out for the Texans. Uh, some were hoping Royce Freeman was the only back left, but David Johnson is back, so I would continue to avoid this backfield, even in what might look like a good matchup on paper. Uh, it's 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 low-key not a great matchup for running backs. Uh, but Brandon Cooks, he showed some life last week with a 24% target share in Davis Mills' first game back. Uh, he had a tough matchup going into last week's game against Seattle on the perimeter. So what do they do? They put him in the slot. Uh, and he ran like more than 60% of his routes from the slot, and he had a good game. 
Uh, he might be shadowed by Shaq Griffin in this game when he is on the outside, uh, but we'll see if they do something similar because Seattle is vulnerable in the slot compared to the perimeter. I don't see that being much of a problem in terms of like if he does get shadowed by Shaq Griffin on the, on the perimeter, but uh, he is a wide receiver three play this week. Our Cardinals at the Lions. Um, the the Cardinals are favored by a shit ton. It's a 47.5 over under. DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss the rest of the season with an MCL tear. So upgrade Christian Kirk, upgrade AJ Green, Zach Ertz as well. The, these are the guys who will likely have nearly a 100% route participation with Kyle Murray. Uh, Kirk and Green are probably high in wide receiver threes right now without Hop. Um, you know, and Ertz becomes a solid tight end one. Rondell Moore will see them field more. Uh, but he's a you know a bit more boom bust. Not sure if we can necessarily depend on him. You know, unless Kirk moves to the outside and we see, um, and, and we see Ronda Moore become like the full time slot. James Conner still not practicing as of Thursday. If he doesn't go, Chase Edmonds, who will likely be activated to the fifty three man roster this week, he should be in lineups as a high end RB two. It's possible Eno Benjamin mixes in a bit in Edmonds' first game back uh, without Connor, if that happens. But I'd expect Edmonds to be pretty successful this week if Connor can't go. If Connor does go and Chase goes as well, you kind of got to downgrade both, you know, play both as high and flex plays and see how the split goes. Uh, but it is possible that both get it done in this matchup. Kyler Murray's a high end QB1 start, even without Hopkins in the lineup. TJ Hawkinson is also out for this season. So, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown can potentially fill that void. Uh, the Cardinals have been a bit vulnerable to slot wide receivers lately, and he did get 12 targets in each of the last two games. So he's a PPR wide receiver three this week. Uh, I would avoid this backfield personally without DeAndre Swift, assuming he doesn't play. Uh, if Swift plays, he'll be in my lineup as an RB1, but it's not looking good for Swift this week. Um, and, and, and you might be wondering why I'm avoiding this backfield, and it's because, you know, if Jamal Williams is the guy, he's the only the guy on, on early downs, right? Gawain Iwibuke is coming in on, on later, on passing downs, right? Um, so this is not a situation that I want to, you know, and then you have Craig Reynolds, you know, if if Jamal Williams is out, Craig Williams is going to come in and be the, three down, uh, be the early down guy, right? So... There is a delineation between these roles. Um, so, you know, there isn't a three-down guy like we thought that Jamal Williams was going to be, unfortunately. All right, moving on to the Falcons at the 49ers. Uh, 49ers are favored by nine points, 46.5 over under. Uh, Russell Gage has another game. Um, you know, had another game where he's above, where he was above 20% target share. Uh, so continue to start him as a wide receiver three. This is a relatively neutral matchup for him out of the slot. He also, you know, he'll also get some work on the outside where the 49ers have been a bit vulnerable, so, you know, especially on that right side. So he could potentially, you know, ha have a shot at some big plays. Uh, Kyle Pitts still tight end one. He just hasn't scored the touchdowns. You know, that's really what he needs, you know, this season. That's what he's been lacking, to be honest. Uh, the yardage has been there most games for a tight end. I think I saw a list that he's fifth all-time in terms of yardage for rookie tight ends in a season or something like that. Um, you know, and he still has a few games to go. Um, he's going to be an absolute stud. Mid to low end tight end one this week. Uh, not the best matchup in the world. It's funny because, like, you know, what was one, one thing we were complaining with Julio, right? His whole career with, with Matt Ryan that he wasn't getting the touchdowns. He was killing it, but he wasn't getting the touchdowns. Look at Kyle Pitts, <laughs> right? He hasn't had a touchdown, you know, like since his bye week. So, um, so it's just, it just interesting. It's just interesting how that works. But, you know, Calvin really seems to be fine. Fine in the end zone. But interesting stuff. Uh, Cordell Patterson. Should still be in lineups, um, you know, because when he's on the field and running routes, he's being targeted. 
you know, he's he's barely seeing 50% of snaps, but, you know, when he's on the field, he gets the usage. Um, he's going to work on the ground. He's scoring. So, you know, you kind of have to just ride the production here. You know, it sucks because you hope that he, you want him to get a little bit more opportunity. But, you know, it is what it is. He's a low-end RB1 regardless of the matchup. Uh, Debo Samuel isn't being used in the past game right now. He only has one catch in each of his last three games. He's being used in the run game, right? And these touchdowns are saving him. If he's not scoring, you're going to be disappointed. It's still extremely tough to bench him for literally anyone else because he is getting it done. Um, so he'll be in my lineup. George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk are the guys being targeted in the past game. 41% target share for Kittle in each of his last two games. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Ayuk had a 30% target share himself last week. You know, so keep starting him in a good matchup. Uh, no word on Elijah Mitchell and whether he's going to play this week. He isn't. He wasn't practicing on Thursday. That's usually not a great sign. There is a chance he gets cleared from the protocol, but we don't know the status of his knee. If he doesn't go, Jeff Wilson will be the primary rusher once again. He'll be a low-end RB2 start with upside because of the matchup. Moving on to the Bengals at the Broncos. Broncos are favored by 1.5 points, 44 point over-under. Uh, Joe Mixon is an RB1 start this week. As long as the Bengals keep this game close and they don't fall behind, Mixon will be good. You know, we've seen him you know, f- kind of fail, you would say, quote-unquote, fail in negative game scripts over the last two games. He's just not on the field as much. The good thing, though, is that he still manages you know, to get 19 carries and 18 carries in negative game scripts, which is, which is pretty nice. Uh, the wide receivers do have tough matchups this week, um, and the Broncos have Bryce Callahan coming back, too. I'm still starting T. Higgins and Jamar Chase as wide receiver twos, but just keep in mind that the matchups are a little bit tough. Just temper expectations just a little bit. If you're looking for a sleeper tight end, you know, given the fact that these wide receivers have tough matchups, CJ Ozama. I know the matchup on paper isn't great for him either, but he's running a route on more than 80% of dropbacks. Uh, he did see six targets each of the last two games, and we know that you know he can pop off and, and, and have that upside. And we've seen that earlier this year. So, you know, if you're hurting at tight end, Listen, just plug in CJ Ozama, you know, boom bust. Uh, I know both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams killed it last week, but I wouldn't expect, you know, the same type of overall volume for these two this week. The matchup also isn't nearly as good. I think I'll have Gordon and Javante around like, you know, the RB 16, 17, 18 or so, something like that. You know, maybe, you know, RB 2-ish. You know, they'll be in most lineups. I'm not at the point where I'm just blindly playing Javante. Um, you know, it depends who I got, you know, Gordon did step back into the 1A role and they each played 50% of snaps and I'd expect somewhere around, you know, maybe 12 to 15 touches for each of these guys this week. Uh, I wouldn't play any of the Broncos wide receivers outside of Jerry Judy and he's just the PPR flex play at this point. You know, if you're looking for a bit of a floor, it, it is a good matchup for him though. The Bengals are allowing the third most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last eight weeks and the sixth most over the last four. Noah Fant is not a tight end one, uh, but the matchup is decent enough to where he can get a touchdown. Same with Albert O. These guys are pretty much sharing snaps at this point with Fant being the 1A, uh, but Albert O being a very close 1B. Packers at the Ravens. Uh, The Packers are favored by 4.5 points, 43.5 over under. Aaron Jones didn't practice on Thursday due to an illness, uh, not because of his knee. We'll see if he'll be good to go this weekend if he is. He's a high-end RB2 because of the offense he's on and the efficiency that efficiency that he's shown. Uh, if he doesn't go, A.J. Dillon will be a clear RB1. Keep in mind that this seems like it's going to be a timeshare moving forward. Uh, don't be surprised if A.J. Dillon continues to be the main ball carrier. 
Uh, Dylan is a borderline RB2 if you need one, uh, but might be a bit touchdown dependent. Both these guys kind of are touchdown dependent at this point because they both might not be getting getting enough volume, you know, to, to be, you know, clear, you know, standalone, like high-end RB2s, you know what I mean? Uh, but not the best matchup for these guys this week. Dylan does have some upside of being able to kill the clock later in the game uh, because of the fact that the Ravens are very shorthanded this week. Uh, Devonta Adams definitely in your lineup. Obviously, amazing matchup. He might go for 200 <laughs> this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a solid QB1. I'm starting him. Now, as far as these other Green Bay wide receivers, you know, one week it's MVS, the other it's Lazard. This week, though, MVS would be the play. The Ravens are absolutely terrible on the perimeter. We saw Donovan Peoples-Jones had a big, had a, had the big game last week. The Ravens are also the worst in the NFL in giving up big passing plays in both categories of 20-plus yard passing, 40-plus yard passing, and MVS is that deep play guy. As of Thursday, uh, the Ravens have just a couple of offensive linemen left. Uh, Lamar Jackson didn't practice. Hollywood Brown didn't practice. Uh, Lamar, you know, has that ankle injury. Even if he does play, he'll have you know, barely, barely, he'll barely have an offensive line. Um, he won't have his full rushing ability. You might want to look for another option. You know, this is, situation doesn't seem like a good one for me. Hollywood is a wide receiver three play w- without Lamar and without their full offensive line. Um, so, you know, hopefully he gets a full practice in on, uh, on Friday. Similar thing with Devontae Freeman. Like, if he doesn't have his offensive line, like, how effective is he going to be? He might get a you know a bunch of a bunch of like targets out of the backfield, um, which he has been getting right um, from Tyler Huntley. Right in both games, he's been targeting you know him at a pretty good um, you know pretty good clip. I think he he has a fifteen percent target share um, in both of his games this year. Um, so he could you know come through with you th- come through for you there. Uh, but I, I you know I do want <laughs> some offensive line to be playing if they do get him get them back i think freeman would be a, a rb2 play but seems like a, a pretty tough situation to overcome rashad bateman can't really be trusted if sammy Watkins plays we just don't know how much Watkins will play Watkins was hurt last week you know so bateman uh really took over towards the end and had a majority of his production uh come in the fourth quarter when Watkins sat out but Watkins did practice in full on thursday um, so I would expect a rotation this week. I'd still start Mark Andrews regardless. Um, I wouldn't get cute here and try to find a streaming option because he's a high and tight end one. I'm not. I'm not benching that. Seahawks at Rams. The Rams are favored by four and a half points, forty five and a half over under. Tyler Lockett was added to the COVID list. Uh, now with the new rules that they put in place on Thursday. Guys who are vaccinated, like Lockett, if they don't show symptoms and then start testing negative, they can end up suiting up that same week. So Lockett isn't necessarily ruled out, so keep that in mind. Uh, assuming Lockett is out, though, Metcalf would be a wide receiver one play. If Lockett is in, Metcalf is still a low-end uh, wide receiver one with upside in this particular matchup. He did see a 22% and 30% target share the last two weeks, so he is on his way back regardless. A bit of a tough matchup for him this week on the left perimeter, but he can get it done. If Lockett plays, he he has a better matchup on the right side. He's been on a roll too, so you know it would be a shame for him not to play you know, in your first week of the playoffs. Rashad Penny is going to continue to be the guy in the backfield for Seattle. Pete Carroll said so himself. Uh, Alice Collins is also on the COVID list, so I'd play him as a low-end RB2 this week in a decent matchup. I'd expect around 15 touches or so, uh, hopefully a few of those in the pass game. 
Gerald Everett might see a few more looks if Lockett is out. He did lose some playing time and, and some routes to Will Disley last week, maybe because of his terrible game the week before. Uh, it's possible that his role starts to grow once again, but we'll see. Daryl Henderson is still on the COVID list, so Sonny Michelle would, would see close to 100% of snaps once again if Henderson is out. Um, he will be a solid RB1 start. If Henderson plays, I play him as a borderline RB1. Just don't know how much he would actually play if he does suit up. But as of Thursday, he's still on the COVID list. OBJ is also on the COVID list. Uh, Van Jefferson would get a boost if OBJ can't go. It's a bit of a tough matchup, but I think you know some volume can overcome that. Uh, and if Jefferson runs a bunch of routes from the slot, that would definitely help him out too against the Seattle defense. Uh, Jefferson would be like a low-end wide receiver too if OBJ can't go. And if OBJ does end up going because of these new rules, I play him as a borderline wide receiver two and Jefferson as a solid wide receiver three. I'd start Matt Stafford as a solid QB1 here, uh, but Russ you know, may be a low-end borderline QB1 this week. Uh, all right, moving on to the Saints at the Bucks. Bucks are favored by 11 points, 46.5 over under. Um, Alvin Kamara has a tough matchup this week. Might not have the ceiling he usually does, but he's still an RB1 play. Five targets from Taysom Hill last week is solid, uh, especially when, you, when it accounts for 25% of, of the total targets. Uh, but he had 32 total opportunities last week. Taysom Hill is going to be tested this week, uh, you know, against the Bucks. Josh Allen was able to rush for over 100 yards against the Bucks last week, and Hill is going to get his opportunities. The, jo- the Josh Allen game last week had a lot to do with it, but the Bucks are allowing the sixth most rushing yards to quarterbacks, and, and we've seen multiple QBs run for over 40 yards against Tampa. So I still think this is a bit of a boom-bust situation, but he's a decent option this week with upside. The Bucks, you know, will likely go pass heavy in this game. Number one, given how good the Saints are against the against the run, and to number two, Leonard Fournette seemingly seemingly a bit banged up. He didn't practice on Thursday, so keep an eye on his practice reports for Friday. Uh, Ronald Jones should be picked up if Fournette can't go. That you know, he's already a solid handcuff and a nice stash for the fantasy playoffs. This is not a great matchup. Um, for Jones if Fournette were to not play, but he'd still be like a high-end flex option who has a decent chance of scoring uh, on a good offense. Fournette is still an RB1 play if he goes, even in a tough matchup. Uh, he's involved in the pass game, and he gets solid opportunities to score. So I, I would still play him if he goes. Uh, but yeah, the pass-heavy approach that the Bucks are likely going to take this week is going to benefit Tom Brady. Great matchup for Chris Godwin this week out of the slot. Uh, he's a low-end wide receiver one this week. Lattimore will be on Evans, uh, but that's not a reason to fade him. Lattimore isn't necessarily a shutdown corner, so I, I keep Evans you know, in the high-end wide receiver two conversation. Gronk is a high-end tight end one. The dude had at least eight targets each of the last four games, had at least 58 yards in each contest, and the Bucks defense, very solid start this week. All right, moving on to the Monday night game, Vikings at the Bears. Uh, the the Vikings are favored by three and a half points, forty four and a half. Over, I'm sorry, forty four uh, point over under. Dalvin Cook obviously monster game last week against the Steelers, even with the shoulder injury. He's a high end RB one start this week. The Bears have allowed the eighth most rushing yards to running backs this season. Adam Thielen will be out again, so Je- Justin Jefferson should get a majority of the targets. He'll likely be shadowed by Jalen Johnson. Shouldn't have much trouble with him because he is Justin Jefferson. Uh, but Johnson is a name to know at this point in terms of you know good up-and-coming corners in shadow situations. Uh, Jefferson remains a high-end wide receiver one in this matchup. KJ Osborne moved outside now. 
well, he he's running a majority of his routes on the outside uh, because of Thielen's injury, and he'll end up having a pretty good matchup against uh, Kindle uh, Kindle Vildor. <laughs> Sounds like somebody from The Hobbit, uh, but uh, he, you know, Artie Burns is on the COVID list, uh, so you know. Osborne gets upgraded, and he's like a solid wide receiver three this week. Maybe even a high, uh, high-end wide receiver three this week. Tyler Conklin has a tough matchup this week. If you're hurting at tight end, it is what it is. Uh, you know, he ran a route on 80% of dropbacks last week. Two targets, definitely disappointing. You know, but there's more you know target share to go around with Thielen. You know, he also got nine targets. You know, Conklin got nine targets the week prior. You know, th- that kind of proves that Conklin is 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 um, capable or, you know, the, Kirk can look his way, um, you know, without Thielen on the field. So there is good reason to keep him in your lineup if you don't have any alternatives. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a solid option this week. He's a low-end QB1. Justin Fields is also a low-end QB1 this week. He's getting solid rushing production, and he has put up QB1 numbers in each of his last three full starts. So the Vikings, you know, They've been pretty vulnerable to the quarterback position. So, you know, if you're looking for a quarterback this week who's, I think, relatively safe, I think Justin Fields is your guy. Um, Darnell Mooney, he hasn't seen more than 20% target share in two straight games. It's a little bit concerning. A-Rob did come back, uh, and he himself got a 19% target share. This is a great matchup for Mooney, though. So I'm okay going with him this week as a solid wide receiver three. The Bears uh, have a lot, a bunch of fantasy points, two wide receivers, and it doesn't matter where they've lined up. They've been vulnerable all over. David Montgomery has a good matchup, but his offensive line is just it's just not good. You know, the good thing is that he's been extremely involved in the pass game over the last two weeks. Nine targets uh, and seven targets from fields. Um, so that's awesome. He's a low-end RB1 this week. And that's it, man. Guys, good luck this week. I know this week is super, super challenging. This is one of the most challenging weeks I've ever seen in fantasy football, given all the COVID stuff, all the injuries and all that. Good luck. Hope it works out for you. You're going to need some luck this week. There's no doubt about it. But put yourself in the best position. Try to get that W. You never know. All right? Uh, Take it easy, guys. Good luck this week. I'll see you guys um, on on the lives on Sunday. at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, two hours before kickoff, and then again at noon Eastern Time on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy. I'll see you then. Take it easy. See ya.